Welcome to Inspirations, a podcast where we discuss everything relevant to the Christian life. Now, here is your host, Jay Spurlock. Hello and welcome to the Inspirations Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Spurlock. I'm super excited today to share with you an interview uh, with a good friend of mine and also one of my favorite authors, Chip Dodd. He is, um, Chip received his PhD in counseling from the University of North Texas. And also in addition to that, he got his master's degree in English from the University of Ole Miss. He's the founder of the Center for Professional Excellence, an addiction treatment center for professionals. He started this in 1996. He also is the founder of Sage Hill, a social impact organization which is dedicated to helping people see who they are created to be so they can do what they are created to do. He is also the creator of the spiritual root system, which has been used to advance emotional and spiritual wellness in individuals and families and organizations for over three decades. He has worked in the field of recovery and redemption for over 30 years. He leads workshops, seminars, and group experiences and trainings on relationship with God, living fully, reconciliation, healing woundedness, and recovery from addiction. He is also the author of The Voice of the Heart, Parenting with Heart, The Perfect Loss, and other books. He teaches Sunday school in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where he lives with his wife, Sonia, and his two grown sons. So today, let me introduce you to uh, someone that has really, truthfully helped me find um, my heart and it has changed my life, and I'm so excited to share with you, Mr. Chip Dodd. Thanks. All right. All right. So today I'm joined by one of my favorite authors. That uh, people are going to laugh at that because I always say that I'm always sharing books. <laughs> but honestly, he is one of my favorites, and uh, Chip Dodd. And I'm just going to introduce you a little bit uh man the the list is long teacher trainer author counselor what do you not do chip <laughs> but, but it's more like that's all i do <laughs> it is <laughs> as long as we're in that territory i'm good but let's not get too far out right i, I tell you a whole lot of stuff i can't do yeah well yeah, thank you yeah man i mean it's just it really is i'm i was sitting here i didn't know i knew you you have a, a phd in counseling from University of North Texas and a master's degree in English from Mississippi. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't, I wouldn't have had you on here if I knew that in the ball <laughs> thing, <laughs> but uh, that's pretty cool. I mean, now I know why you write so well. So, well, actually, and uh, an MTSU grad right here in Murfreesboro. Oh, so is that where your undergrad was? Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. So let's see. Also, uh, founder of the Center for Professional Excellence. I love that uh, place. Uh, just I'm going to go through these. Addiction Tri Treatment Center for Professionals. Founder of Sage Hill Social Impact Organization. Dedicated to helping people see who they are created to be so they can do what they're created to do. I love that. Amen. And uh, uh, the creator of the Spiritual Root System, which we might talk about a little bit, uh, has been used to advance emotional, spiritual wellness in individuals, families, organizations over three decades. I'm not going to tell you how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
but uh, you worked in the field of recovery, redemption for over 30 years, leads workshop seminars. That's what I love too, is that you, you stand behind your work. It's out there and you're always uh, presenting it to people in different platforms. I love that. Um, you've wrote many books, including the voice of the heart, which we're going to talk about parenting with heart, the perfect loss, which is an audio. Is it an audio book? Yeah, it's on audiobook also okay. Okay. And, and in print. Okay. And and other books, it says, I have them listed here. I got all of them, uh, except I gave Parenting with Heart to two friends. I had two copies. I gave both of them away. Good. Uh, uh, the Needs of the Heart. And I want to get to this one, Anthem. Uh, yeah, that, that one, you definitely don't want to read. You want to listen to it. Okay. okay. On audiobook. Gotcha. And, 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 and I kid around, and at the same time, I'm truthful. That's the best thing I've ever done, but no one agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like a, um, what is it? It's more of like a, uh, a allegory? Is that what it says? Well, it's, yeah, it's an allegory and a novel. It's uh -huh. a, a story about how we lose contact with our hearts and the consequences. And it's set in the future hmm. when the, the society has collapsed and there are those few people left who are gathering up those who are looking for the truth. So I want to discuss the voice of the heart. That's your first book, right? Yeah. And when was it, when was it written? Let's see, you know, the, the actual writing was in 1999, oh. came out in 2000, but I say the actual writing, that book had been percolating for years, mm -hmm. you know, 10, 10 years, but also, uh, you know, it was something I was made to do too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Know? And it, it's so good. I, I want to read the back of it. It says, in 2001, the voice of the heart became a steady journey into the lives of those looking for more. Since its initial release, the voice of the heart has been handed one friend to another and has helped thousands of people begin to speak truth of their story and to live more fully from the heart. And that's the cool thing about how I discovered it. I actually went to see a counselor in the middle of a, a dark season for myself. Um, uh, Philip Robinson, and he is a good friend. And, you know, I, I share my story about two hours or so. I mean, deep stuff. First time I've ever done that. And he, he recommends me to go somewhere else. Basically, he said, you know, it's kind of over my head. And I was like, oh my gosh. But he's like, let me give you a book. I said, okay. You know, at this time I was kind of reading, but a little bit, I wrote it down. I started reading this in May 17th of 2016. So, I'm like, all right, I start giving it a read. I can't put it down, you know, because growing up, I'm younger. Um, still, it's this kind of deal of where you don't feel your feelings <laughs> and you don't really know what to name them either. So I'm sitting here reading. I'm like, man, that that's exactly what I'm feeling. Like, but you don't have feelings. Come on, Jay, you know, so go into that a little bit. The eight feelings. But you know that that's amazing. I, I was I was with a a group yesterday that they're talking about bringing the whole spiritual root system into their school mm. to create the catchword social emotional learning, creating a whole curriculum to allow students from kindergarten through senior year to use feelings to help them develop empathy, compassion creativity related to the problems of the world and then be of service to others. Hmm. So the purpose of the voice of the heart is related to those four things. 
But you know, when I was coming up, I mean, I even told them yesterday, I had this like, you know, I was an athlete and I was trying to become, you know, a great athlete and all that stuff. Didn't make it, but I remember I had this thing like, if you're going to be strong, be strong in body, mind, and spirit, body, mind, and spirit. And you know, I never, never included the word heart. Like you said, I didn't know what it, I didn't, I knew it was heart, but I didn't know that it meant anything or had words to it or whatever, that there was a voice of the heart. And, but basically, you know, I got into recovery in 1988, 89. And um, man, I'll just say it this way. I, I got awakened through help of others to how I'm made uh, as a, an emotional creature too. And, uh, and I was introduced to feelings. I'm like, oh, so I started exploring, addressing, thinking about, fellowshipping with, awakening to, and I got a PhD in counseling. And they didn't do feelings at all in my PhD program. It was all cognitive behavioral stuff. But anyway, so I kept on and I ended up developing the spiritual root system, but the feelings were the, were the beginning. And the feelings are a doorway into the rest of your heart. And the language of the heart speaks feelings. I mean, the, the neuroscientists are even proving it now that, that you have the limbic system and the limbic system is the experiential memory of your, of your life, which means your feeling center. It's where you experience life, which means it touches you, which means you respond to it, which means it touches your cravings, longings, and hopes and desires. So anyway, the eight feelings, it turns out that people would say, well, how come there are seven bad ones? And I say, well, react, you know, Right. And, and basically what I say is no bad feelings. They're truth that we've been given as tools to be able to live fully in a tragic place. So the eight feelings are there to take us to their benefits. Mm -hmm. And they, they benefit us when we use them as tools to enter into relationship because neuroscience has proven that God is all and, and the Bible has testified that you and I are created as relational creatures, which means we're emotional and spiritual creatures created to live fully. But we don't live fully unless we're fully in relationship with ourselves, head and heart connected, others and God. In fact, Jay, um, the neuroscientists are more clearly pointing to what the old proverb from King James Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Well, the neuroscientists are saying that your frontal lobe, which is the executive function or the talking brain, one of the main purposes of the, the frontal lobe is that which, you know, you, you say to tell kids, why aren't you thinking? What's wrong? You know, that thinking brain is actually in our heads to be able to articulate the experiences of the heart, huh. which we now know more is the limbic system. Right. It's a, and, and that territory of our brains is often discredited disregarded, uh, traumatized, shoved away, rejected, disapproved of. Uh, we find people disappointed in it. So we wind up not learning how to live because we have one of the main set of tools. Uh, we try to get rid of them or throw them away or don't know they're there. We, we end up developing what I call SID, which is significant ignorance disorder. <laughs> you know, meaning, and, and, and it's not, it's not stupid. It's, right. it's, we spent all of our lives ignoring what's happening 18 inches below our foreheads. Mm -hmm. And so you got to go get it back. Mm -hmm. 
And it's amazing. Those feelings are waiting on us to return to them. And one last thing, it's just amazing. <laughs> one last thing related to this, but when God came into the garden of Eden, Jay, and you and I are both believers, right. even more than believers, we're like, we're witness to, <laughs> right. you know, what God does. God came into the garden and said, Aika, where are you? Genesis 3, 9. First mm -hmm. question God ever asked. Mm -hmm. And that translates into a lament. Like, like God had sorrow about what had gotten started mm -hmm. or what had come to an end. The Eden is God mm -hmm. wished it, planned it, was not what they, we did with it. Right. And he said, where are you? Like, oh, no, oh, no, where have you gone? Where are you? And Adam said the truth of how he's created. I was afraid. He had a feeling and expressed it. And so I hid. And had Adam cried out before everything fell out, we wouldn't be in a situation we're in, so to speak, mm -hmm. as believers, you know? Mm -hmm. So feelings matter so much that when, when Adam said, I was afraid, so I hid, God and Adam began to communicate again. They began to talk. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and Adam was using the language God put in him from the beginning. The ability to use his frontal lobe to talk about what was happening in his heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Adam was afraid and didn't cry out. He hid out. The universe cracked and fell apart. Had he cried out instead of hiding out? Man, me and you'd be beautiful right now, probably. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. That is that is amazing. It really is. And yeah, just uh, thinking about that, the truth behind it, because um, we do tend to numb, and we don't know it. And yeah. uh, you know, and coming in contact with those feelings but you've always been told not to in a way. And I think it's because we're scared of those. And I love how you put it. It feelings don't limit us as much as they allow us. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. And we, we will limit ourselves <clears throat> by not moving into them and they allow us to move into relational connection with ourselves and others and God. And that's food. The human beings are created to eat to nourish the food of relationship and those feelings end up growing us into their gifts. Like for every feeling, there's a, a corresponding gift, which opens us up to a greater world. If you don't have your feelings you're, and don't know how to use them, your world becomes smaller and smaller to the point that you're isolated from who you're made to be and you wind up not doing what you're made to do, mm. you know? And each feeling, like I say, we are really, you and I both want people to get this book. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, yeah. And if your heart is ready for it, you'll jump on it like you did, mm. you know, and I wrote it, jumped on it when I saw them and got them like, oh my God, this is, this <laughs> is the missing piece. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people try to read it, you know, with their brains, you know, with their, and it's a harder read, mm. but um, man, there's a lot of truth in that book. Mm -hmm. And it's been around now for 20, more than 20 years, Jay. Yeah. That's crazy. Still out there. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and see, I think I read it more from my mind the first time. I yeah. was still in my kind of just fight or flight in a way of recovering, but it, it spoke to me. And then I went back again. And, yeah. and so it's amazing how, uh, I think it's Descartes. Is it Descartes? 
I think Descartes. that's where I am. Yes. Yeah, Descartes, Rene so Descartes. The, yeah. the, the history teacher me, like, I, that's what we're stuck in, a lot of us. And uh, it's moving, what, that 16 inches down to your heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he, Rene Descartes, actually, Rene Descartes was attempting to prove that how we're made as experiential creatures and how do we know what we know and he tried to prove it and he came up with cogito ergo sum i think therefore i am but what happened was people stole that so to speak and i'm, I'm you know making the story way too simple you're the history professor but <laughs> but people stole that and we and in stealing it we lost we threw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. you know as i think i am but we threw out as a man thinks or as I think in my heart, so am I. So the truth isn't cogito ergo sum, I think, therefore I am. The truth is sentio ergo sum, I feel, therefore I am. I experience life, I'm touched by it, I'm present in it, I'm hurt with it, I cry over it, I celebrate in it. That's called the experience of being alive. And I need to be able to use my brain to know how to use those feelings in a way that prosper me. And I'll prosper most fully when I'm also helping prosper others. And that's what's amazing. See, loneliness, which we, which we were terrified of experiencing, is actually there through our need to bring us to intimacy, which is full connection. Right. Into me see. Sadness is there to bring us to acceptance. And acceptance allows us to risk attaching again. Fear is there to bring us to asking for help and developing trust, which allows us to develop faith. Right. And, you know, like anger is even a desire for something. I hunger, yearning, thirsting, wishing, wanting something, which creates passion in us. And man, passion, you know, as a, an athlete and, you know, as a trainer at UT, you know, with the, with the basketball team, teams that have passion, they win. Even when they lose, they win. Right. Because right. they're willing to be in pain for something that matters more than pain. Mm-hmm. Like they're after something. Like, whoo. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, see, see, all of a sudden we're talking about the feelings aren't the, our enemy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's suppressing our feelings that are our enemy. And it's the reactions to feelings that are the things that harm us. Like a person who won't admit that they're hurt, they become resentful. Mm-hmm. And resentful people hurt people. Resentful people defend against vulnerability. Uh, resentful people make other people pay instead of dealing and healing with their, from their own hurt. So it's not our feelings that are the bad part. The bad part is what we do with them. But most of many of us as Christians have been trained to believe that somehow feelings are sin. Right. Like I've coined, I've coined this expression called emotional legalism. Like, like if you have a feeling you're doing something wrong, you're breaking the law. And I'm saying, unless we have feelings, we're never going to fulfill the law. No. No. So I doubt. That's a bit much. But Sonia says I'm like Donkey from Shrek. So, I mean, here I am. (laughs) It's so good. Now, you know, I think about so much coming to me as you're talking. But, you know, life is tragic. God is faithful. I love that because you said that so many times and it's imprinted in my brain. And I have to remember that. And and, uh, you had so many... I was watching something the other day. It said the worst of us gets the best of God. Yes. Yeah. But see, I think a scheme of Satan is to keep us trying to dress ourselves up 
and looking elsewhere when we already have, we have everything we need. It's just letting yeah. go of, of everything we need to communicate. We have everything we need to communicate everything we need. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it's like, you know, we're not self-sufficient. Our need brings us to being human really well, which brings us to, to speaking up and speaking out for what we're looking for and what we need. And, you know, that, that the worst of us get the best of God really translates into those who need the most get the most mm -hmm. in many ways. Like those who are humble, like first Peter five says, the exalted will be humble. They will have to go back to having to face that they're made out of dirt, even though it's stardust, divine dirt. And then he says the humble will be exalted. And first Peter five goes on to say that he says, that cast all of your anxiety upon God because he cares for you, which means humble yourself enough to tell the truth about what's going on inside of you, give it to God so God can raise you up, which means exalt you. Mm -hmm. So our humility, our admission of being human and our admission of our need actually gets us, gets our needs met versus denying our needs. It's like, there's a great paradox. Mm -hmm. So the worst of us, those who have been to the deepest, sickening most sickening places when we wake up we're, we're screaming out of an empty bucket so when god puts himself in that empty bucket there's a lot of god and less of our egos right no right and those who don't need as much don't get as much right you know of god right yeah yeah i think i got that from you um when i think of ego i've heard of that so much you know you think about these people with big egos you know and i think I think all of us have that to a degree, but anytime yeah. we're easing God out. Yes, E-G-O, easing God me, out. It's stuck with me. And and so it is kind of a humbleness because I really believe God will. I know he will. It's like you humble yourself or he will humble you eventually. Uh, yes, and, and that that humbling that we experience is 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 never punishment, but it's an opportunity to find what we're really looking for, you know? Right. Yeah, because repentance, for example, you know, that's kind of like a, a, like a real negative word in the world and also in the Christian realm, we don't talk much about repentance. But repentance means, man, I'm sick and tired of this. Mm -hmm. And then we turn around, go, we look around and, and we hear a voice say, come on home then. Right. So repentance means like, it's, it's a call for us to come home. Come home to how we're made, come home to who we're made to be, come home to whose we're made to be. And we're made to be with those who love us hmm. and then do what we're made to do out of that gratitude of love. You know? It's good stuff. Yeah, so repentance, man, I, I wish that we had a giant mm -hmm. move of repentance in this country. And you know, even this opportunity we have right now with all the racial division awakening, Mm -hmm. And the, the consequence of that, it's, it's a war, not about race, but it's a war between love and reaction against it in a lot of ways, you know, and, and, and we need a giant movement of repentance to come home to like, like Paul said, it, it, in Christ, you're not Jew or Greek, slave right. or free, male or female, right. you are, you are of the same race, right? You no, know? right. 
we are a pivotal time, you know, of, of an opportunity. And uh, it's amazing. Some people are taking advantage of that and some people are fighting it, of course, you know. Yeah. And uh, I, I think about that at the time of the racial division, I really feel like people want to be heard. And it's like, as a counselor, this is something that's really spoke to me is, you know, the person I would really share my story with Philip and, and Jamie. And, and then I talked with you just listen, you know, but we have lost that art. So a lot of us get led to professional listeners in a way of counselors. And yes. Yeah. And and you know what? I, I do not hesitate for any of us to go find a good professional listener uh, someone who will attend to our hearts, mm-hmm. not just fix our brains, you know, not just give us lists of things to do or, but somebody who can help us become our own therapist. Mm-hmm. In other words, can help us listen to the voice of our hearts, pay attention to what we need, fulfill those needs accordingly in right. a healthy way. Right. And then that makes us people of fullness and full people can care about other people. They can give what they have. So I'm, I'm all for listening, but you know, there's a difference between listening and uh, being understood. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't use the voice of the heart, if you don't tell the truth, if I don't tell the truth, if others don't, if you don't tell the truth about your heart, in other words, if I don't tell the truth about my feelings, my feelings, then I'm not telling the truth. I end up demanding or expecting people to understand without me living in that vulnerability. And then we expect that understanding of that listener to somehow that's going to fix me, but it doesn't fix me. The only thing that quote fixes me, which means is what sets me free to live fully in relationship with others and God. And that can only happen when I find relationship with people who have heart, who can receive my heart. In other words, if I say, man, I'm hurting so bad today, they don't say, well, you need to, you need to just be tougher or, you know, you know, (laughs) I I don't have anything to do with it or uh, it can't hurt that much or quit being a baby or well, poor you, or you think you hurt, man, let me tell you about hurt. Imperative, right? Yes, exactly. So we need people around us that when you say, man, I'm hurting, Somebody says, what's, what's going on? What's the pain? And they can relate to it because they know what hurt is. Hmm. And they didn't run from it. They got healing in it. Then we have togetherness. Mm-hmm. We have relationship through relating. And then and, 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 and Aristotle was very clear. He said that a friend uh, shares your burdens and, and doubles your joy. Uh, uh, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, like, you know, woe be to the man who falls in a ditch with no one's the hand to help him out. You know, a cord of three, 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 three twine ropes together make a strong rope. Right. I mean, our confession of our internal experience, not our judgment that we have in it, but the truth about ourselves actually gives opportunity for those who recognize us in themselves called empathy we have a bond mm-hmm. i mean you and i man you and i directly related look, look here's some story about me and you okay 
you know, you, you got into Voice of the Heart. Philip Robinson's old, long-term friend of mine. We go back, way back, like, like, like almost as young as you are. And, <laughs> yeah, I tell them I'm a Yeah, no, but, uh, uh, and, uh, and then you got Voice of the Heart, and then you, you came to a couple of Sage Hill things, and you said, hey, is there any chance, like, man, you and I get together, have some coffee or something? And, you know, like lunch or something. I said, Jay, no. Right. no. And, and when I said that, I'm like, man, I hope that he knows I'm not rejecting. Mm-hmm. I just don't have any bandwidth at the time. And, and Jay, I think it might have been a year later. I think it was two years. Was it really? Yeah. Okay. I think two years later, mm-hmm. I called you. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, man, Jay, this chip. You ready to have that coffee? Right. Because I, I had left what I was doing, right? Uh, you know, because and I started a thing that gave me some time, a better pace, and um, so I called you and said, "You ready to do that coffee?" It's like we just got together and you know, mm-hmm. told some stories, you know, like Shrek and Shrek and Donkey. We told some stories, <laughs> you know, hung out, right? But my point is, I know what it's like to be human. Mm-hmm. And you know what it's like to be courageous. Mm-hmm. I know what it's like to hurt. You know what it's like to desire something. I know what it's like to wish for something and then not give up on wishing. You know what it's like to feel lonely. I know what it's like to feel sad. And so when I said that to you that day, I thought, you know, that would hurt. Mm-hmm. And yet I, I, I trust not having to explain to him, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, all caretaking codependence right. on. Right. And, uh, but I'm like, I remember human, it's like, you know, Jay wanted to do, it was two years. Remember Jay said he wanted to do coffee or lunch. I'm like, let's do some coffee, man. So that to me is me remembering what it's like to be human. Me knowing that you're hungry for the same things I'm hungry for. Also me remembering when I was hungry, like you are hungry. I got fed and like, man, I'm just passing forward what was given to me. And now here you and I are, you know, zooming it up. Mm-hmm. You no, know? well, I'm glad you went into that. Cause I was, and we can kind of end on that because I could talk all day, but <clears throat> just about how it was something like I'm a seeker. And I think sometimes the old, the younger generation gets a bad rap because we uh, maybe don't, we're not interested in wisdom. And, and that's the complete opposite of me. Like I want to be around, I want to seek, I want to learn from people. And so well, the thing I honor about you is someone that has gone through it, has um, put this out here, lived your heart and got in touch with your feelings. And it gives me an older, not don't take it the wrong way, but an older image to look up to. And, and, and to, I mean, I admire, I, I probably going into counseling myself, just the route, because I know the life it brings and I want to touch younger generations. Yes. And, and, and so, yeah. And you know, something Jay, as, as like you say, you're wrapping up, but you know, what's amazing is like, and this sounds weird, but like, I know more than you do. Right. <laughs> it sounds like, so, Oh, well, thank you. And, and you know, which means because I'm, I'm 30 years older. That don't bother me. <laughs> right, but I've used it. Right. But see, what's just so cool about that 
is that because I'm human and you're human, and because I get that it takes a whole lifetime to learn how to live, I'm never above you. Mm -hmm. I'm just simply farther down the road from you. And that's what's so beautiful. It's our jobs and our opportunities and our freedoms to say, man, I've gone pretty far down the road. I'm going to go back and say, hey, you don't tell you what's up here. Right. And you're saying the same thing. Hey, you know what? I've kind of sought and found. Mm -hmm. and I want to give more of my life to this thing, this mission in my life. And then I'm going to go back down the road and tell some people. Right. I mean, that's right. And, and that's not Buddhism. Right. That's just simply, you can't help it. Right. No like, doubt. I just can't help it. Right. And, and that to me is like a freedom mm -hmm. um, that, that, that's born in passion. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and passion keeps you from burning out and always keeps the flame of hope alive. Right. You know? Right. So, and you're a walking witness of that. Just yeah. And you know, the voice of the heart, that's the story of it. Is yeah. I don't know how many, I mean, I gave this to a great friend of mine, older than me, going through a hard thing, ends up reading it, whole change of heart, buys it for his whole company. You know? Really? Yes. And, and I mean, there's countless stories and I think that's kind of like Jesus. We, we, we share Jesus with people. We hand it to them, you know? Yeah. And so I went to you, like that was my Christmas present to a lot of people. They got this because I, I believe in it. And I've yeah. told you that I've had that talk with you. And, and, and I do too. Mm -hmm. And see, that's the thing. It, it, I do too. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, it's real. Yeah. And it's real because it's the truth of how we're made. Right. And, and, and it, it doesn't make us, uh, uh, like impervious, it makes us pervious. Mm -hmm. It makes us, it, put, it, it puts holes in us so our hearts can come out mm -hmm. and people who are, are living in boxes, you know, can, can hear it or see it and go like, man, I was in a box. I don't live in a box anymore. All right. Cause we together are always going to be more powerful right. than we are apart. And do you know what? hyenas jackals <laughs> they hunt for one away one removed mm -hmm. from the herd mm -hmm. you know yeah they're always looking for stragglers those people who who will not admit that they're human are isolated from other humans all right you know and i think when you told me that i remember that same exact day i kept coming to your seminars i did and I think one thing that you were able to do is you trusted God would reach me and you could have gave me the answers that night. You know, we could have talked and, but that wouldn't have put me on a journey. Instead it's like, you could see my heart was hungry. We'll cross paths again, but I want to share with everybody the resources that you have. Like you have podcasts. I read, I listened to all those of, you know, because I was just thirsty and I understood I've always respected your time because that's the thing is I respect that, you know, so you knew you trusted that this is someone that really, I hope, you know, was desiring that. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I felt really sad that night and yet you said it beautifully. I, I, I needed to tell the truth. I needed to trust God. Obviously you had the strength perseverance to trust God. 
And that's what say so wild. You said two years later, mm-hmm. AJ, what's up? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, so it, 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 it can be good. Can it, it can be good when we surrender. Right. Well, I appreciate you coming on here, Chip. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can do it again sometime, but uh, I don't know how much we got into it. But I think that's the cool thing is about how uh, the connection and how you stand behind that. And people can see the face that I always talk about this book. And I'm going to give some more copies away because I really believe it's powerful. So that's great. Thank you. I appreciate you you joining me. All right. Yeah. Let's keep joining up. All right. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's Jay again. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Chip. Uh, Be sure to go to chipdodd.com and check out the resources he has there. And also check out the show notes and I will post links there to his books and also to his website as well. I hope you enjoyed today's interview and I can't wait to talk to you again in the future. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Inspirations. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes to rate, review, and leave a comment. And for more information, please visit inspirations.org.